Welcome to Beauty and the Brain with your hosts, Dr. Chris Crowley and nurse practitioner Jerry Drinker. Get ready to dive into the latest in revolutionary treatments, cutting-edge devices, and wellness secrets. Whether you're a consumer or provider, we're here to empower you at the forefront of beauty and aesthetics. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beauty and the Brain, the podcast where we discuss all things aesthetics. I'm your co-host, Dr. Chris Crowley. I'm Jerry Drinkard, family nurse practitioner, and together, Chris and I own Skin and Tonic Med Spa that's located in Pace, Florida. And we're so happy today to be joined by Allie, our nurse practitioner that works with us at the clinic, and we're just thrilled to have you here today. Excited to be back. Yeah, we just need to name her as a regular co-host. She's here enough, right? Yeah. And before we get started, I just want to talk about the elephant in the room that everybody has not quite seen yet but maybe has seen on some of our social media we also have say hi chloe if you hear squeaking or noises off of the clock chris today it's chloe <laughs> yeah you guys heard us we introduced chloe um a few episodes back that she was coming to join us she is now here and uh, a little mini schnauzer that we love as part of the skin and tonic family um you'll see her a lot with me she travels all over the place so we're gonna have chloe hanging out with us today for our podcast and again, we're happy to have Allie here. This is a topic that Allie picked. And so she is going to be the expert on today's podcast for sure. I'm just simply going to guide the conversation and we're going to like let her and uh, Jerry give you all of the history and all the information about this exciting topic, talc. Yeah, talc. I said that. Like, what are we going to talk about? Talc and beauty products. And what are the hidden dangers of this? Why is it a concern? Why have people talked about it for a long, long time? So we will delve into that a little bit today um, and hopefully give you guys some information. And I'm looking forward to learning a little bit about this uh, as well. So, uh, Allie, how did you come up with this topic? About a year ago, I had a couple of friends, actually, that were going through this, like, clean beauty, clean out thing. It was very popular on social media, TikTok. Everyone was throwing away a bunch of these, like, big, nice, expensive makeup brands. And I'm like, why are these people throwing this away? That's the brand of product that I use for blush or for eyeshadow or whatever. People are like, oh, it's toxic. It has talc in it. Talc can cause cancer. And I was like, this seems extreme for like topical makeup, you know. To be completely honest with you, I didn't throw away any of my makeup over it. But it was very interesting looking a little more into the topic and just kind of looking at the trends of clean beauty and organic makeup and different things that you know, people are a lot more conscious about what they're putting on their skin, just like with aluminum and deodorant. I feel like, you know, it's just the next thing. So Jerry, I know you did a little bit of research on the history of talc and how it was used. So you want to sh share some of that with us? I just didn't know a lot about it. I'd heard about talc powder. Um, it was used like for shaving and that sort of thing. Um, but it was actually has been around since the 1890s. It was mined originally in Maddox. And it was found on the Henderson farm and then the Henderson talc mine came about and which ended up being a really big industry for this family. And so it was incorporated into several different things, including Johnson & Johnson baby powders, probably one of the most popular that received some of the biggest criticism because it started out in Johnson baby powder around the 1970s and continued until the 2000s. And at that time was discovered that it had some um, traces of asbestosis in it, or asbestos in it. It's been like a, a slightly controversial, but it's never gone away because it has FDA approval to be used in many of these products. 
So people love it because it, it makes your makeup go a little smoother. You know, it gives like a nice shine, a nice like um, illumination to the skin. So there are all these benefits to it. But now all of a sudden, you know, with Ali said, I, I always say in our industry, like social media is like, it creates some of the most educated and some of the most uneducated consumers. And so um, I think it's... A, like you said, it's probably like the aluminum and the deodorant. And it's not that it's not something that doesn't cause harm, but there's just more attention to it now than there ever has been. Thanks for that. The history on Taka is really, I didn't know how it came about and was used. I know one of the reasons we decided to discuss this on the podcast today was this concept of uh, beauty products, skincare products, things that we retail and maybe that people buy, uh, even makeups that, that follow this class of what we call clean beauty products. So what do you think definition of clean beauty or a clean beauty product is? I think clean beauty, when people think of clean beauty, they want to see something that doesn't have, you know, toxins, preservatives, parabens, sulfates, you know, all of those ingredients that people see as toxic to their skin. Um, people don't want to see those listed in the ingredients. But, you know, some of these things are in there for preservative purposes that help the makeup, you know, to last longer, shelf life, and some things that you need for stability of product, too, or to make something a certain consistency. And so I think, you know, there's good and bad things and everything. I think I think I kind of live my life, like, take everything with a grain of salt, you know, like, you can take everything to the extreme, like, with makeups, with beauty products, with your, your cleanser that you choose to use on your face. You know, a lot of medical grade skincare has a lot of these things in it that people say are bad for you, but we all preach medical grade skincare, you know. And so I think there are things that your skin needs. And there's also no proof that using these clean products are going to be better, a better option for your skin. So there was a study I was looking at. It was done in 2023, just last year. I looked at almost 1,700 products. Um, all of these products that they looked at were considered natural or clean or organic or healthy for your skin. And good for people with sensitive skin as well. So um, there was a Dr. Hong um, that said that it found that in more than 94% of the cases, those products contain agents that caused contact dermatitis. And so just because something's clean or labeled as healthy for sensitive skin or pure or organic doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to irritate your skin, even if you have sensitive skin. So you're saying it doesn't matter, don't even worry about clean products? I think that you can be considerate in your purchases, but I also don't think that you should overanalyze something being clean, organic, you know, all of these things. Don't only look at that because just because it's good for one person's skin doesn't mean it's going to be good for your skin. So maybe it's knowing what the ingredients are. So if you're sensitive to something, you can right. determine that product or that class of products or other products with similar agents. So maybe knowing what's in the products you're using is more important than looking for a necessary clean or organic label. So Jerry, what is it that, that's so dangerous about talc? I mean, what's the, the or one of the concerns? Mineral makeup has been like kind of a, a, a trend for years now and considered to be healthy is a very popular makeup. I think one of the things that's a, a little bit misleading about talc is that you assume that when something is mined, that it's going to be safe. And so a lot of these products, they're not contaminated in the manufacturing process, like a lot of the situations that we've seen in the past, or, you know, they're not contaminated during manufacturing or packaging or anything. It's actually the way that the talc is mined. And so talc is often found in the areas in close proximity to asbestos. And so that's where the actual contamination, you know, comes from. And so, and this dates back for, you know, decades and decades and decades. So 
I think it's important to know that it's not necessarily the manufacturer, the, the way that it's manufactured is the process of collecting the talc from the earth, from the mine. Yeah. That's causing the issue. I think we put a lot of trust, like, I don't know why we do, but I think that as Americans, we do just put a lot of trust in the FDA. We're like, oh, it's FDA approved. And we don't really know like what it means exactly. You know, the FDA says just because an ingredient source is considered like an organically grown source doesn't necessarily mean that it's not contaminated along the way and or that the substance may not be toxic or have an allergen in it. And so just because it's FDA approved doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be potentially harmful to you. So I think that's important to know. Another thing about the FDA, they do require an ingredient declaration for all of these cosmetic products. But it is important to note that if a brand has a signature scent or a trade scent, they don't have to list those specific ingredients. And so you do have to be careful because a lot of those um, fragrances have been linked to endocrine disorders and different hormone imbalances. That's interesting. I didn't know that, actually. So I know that I've heard about different um, substances and different chemicals um, being hormone or endocrine, neuroendocrine disruptors. And so we talk about a lot of things from you know, fertility issues to even things like anxiety and depression that can be linked to some of these different ingredients. And I don't think people think about that a lot. I think more commonly we think of things like contact dermatitis. You put something on, you get a reaction to it. And it's like, well, I'm just sensitive to that. I don't use it anymore. But there could be other things going on with with some of these organic or not organic or clean or not that um, really we, we're not fully aware of. And talk maybe just one of the examples we use as a catchy headline because there's been so much controversy around talc. You know, we've used this in the medical field actually for a, a long time. So not just we're talking about now for cosmetics, but we, we've we used it in things um, in the past, like um, if people have collapsed lungs, we could do a talc infusion around the lung and it would do like a big inflammatory response and keep that lung adhered to the chest wall from collapsing again. So it's been used for for a very long time for various indications, both cosmetic and, um, you know, medical uses. So uh, certainly we're not just attacking talc here. I think it's really, we use that to grab people's attention and um, really start the conversation. But it is to talk more about what are the ingredients of the products that you're using and making sure that if you're having any kind of sensitivity issues, that you kind of review those ingredients so you know but also knowing that there could be other things going on in our body from some of these products, especially the ones that may be contaminated or that may have potential um, harmful ingredients. So when you're not getting something that you can verify the source. So we're saying that can be the, there can be these problems even when we know the source. So the FDA can say it's coming from an organically certified uh, facility, farm, whatever these places are, are grown or the, the ingredients are derived. Even then you can have problems. So imagine or we're getting products that are not medically uh, medical grade skincare products. We have no idea where their source ingredients are coming from, how they're contaminated along the way. So it compounds the problems even further. So I think that's kind of the important part of this is like, yes, we have a medical grade skincare line in our office. There's a lot of places that have them, a lot of good products on the market. But even with that, we have to be concerned. So certainly be aware of when we're doing some other brands that we may not be aware of that. But this is a lot more contamination. Like I was reading one of the studies and it was 170 products had been tested. And of those 170, 14% had some sort of contamination. And to me, that's a, that's a pretty high number. When you think about these are, are all products that have, you know, had at least FDA clearance, you know, there's so much attention focused on, on what's clean and what's pure and what's holistic. And 
you know, so much of that's labeling and marketing. And so you, and you truly do have to think about like the raw ingredients, like it was that ingredient safe for you, like in a standalone situation. So like contamination, like I've just kind of always thought about contamination being like in a lot situation, like this lot was contaminated, you know, because of X, Y, and Z. You don't think about a whole product line possibly having a contamination because of one of the key ingredients. That in the past, that until this, that's really where I thought contamination was, you know, because we think about contamination most of the time, like, my, like probably the most popular is like food contamination. You know, that's what we hear most about. And you, it's rare that you hear about this sort of thing. Speaking of different... I'm allergic to chlorophyll, so no problem. Oh, there. true. Yeah, no worries for you. No worries for me. No lotus problems. So speaking of brands that do have top... I was kind of surprised looking into this because a lot of them are really good brands. And to be completely transparent, brands that I would use and do use. So some of like the big ones that stuck out to me that I think are very popular are Benefit, Elf Products, Fenty Beauty, CoverGirl surprisingly rare beauty i don't know why i just didn't i thought that rare beauty would be a cleaner brand it's like a newer line with that is selena gomez but that was not uh talc free and then some brands without talc um is lawless at sephora um glossier house labs and milk makeup so that kind of gives you like some differences in brands um actually if you go on sephora's website it will tell you you can filter out like products without talc now, which I'm like, you know, that's a pretty big movement yeah. to have a whole subgroup of makeup that's like, oh, these don't have talc and this is where you can come to shop for products that don't have it. But is it mainly is it a sensitivity issue or it's a carcinage of people worried about cancer? As well? I They're, think people are worried about cancer. Like, I think cancer. that was the, but I think that was the thing, right? Like, it was like this big headline, like, oh, it could have asbestos in it. And if it does, then it can cause lung cancer if you inhale it. Then the question is, how much powder do you have? How much blush do you have to inhale? <laughs> Yeah. To get lung cancer from it. We, I mean, I don't know. So I think that was just a big like clickbait thing, but a lot of people really like that. Jumped ship and they were like, yeah, clean beauty is where it's at, which I'm all for clean ingredients and things like that. But I think that something can be clean to somebody that's not clean to somebody else because you can have the sensitivity to it. Yeah. Maybe we're, we're lapsing those issues together. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I was asking in the beginning, what is like, what is clean? And so are we talking about talc-free? Are we talking about paraben-free? Are we talking about that it was not contaminated with some sort of pesticide along the way in organic? And so I think that's an important concept because, you know, you could have something that's technically clean, not contaminated, free of all these possible carcinogens, but still have a contact dermatitis and a sensitivity to the active ingredient that's in there. And so I think that's the uh, really important for people to understand. I think the, like, Probably a lot of this awareness came because of the the J and J on suits that were out. But those have been around out for a while. They've been out since like late seventies. It was first discovered like mid seventies, and so it was pretty soon after that. And it's been several ongoing cases. Some that have been settled, some that have been dismissed, and some that you know were actually lost. I actually thought this was from talc powder people were using, like you know, for like breastfuls to absorb sweating, like baby powder. Like baby powder yeah. and they had a lot of talc in that and they were putting it like in their their growing when they were sweating and then you know i thought that was I a lot about it like jock itch kind of stuff like but you know i think about maybe you know this is like um you know i was a child i was born in the 70s and so um early 70s so i think about yeah i was believe it or not i know i don't look it but <laughs> <laughs> thanks to wonderful work by the skin and tonic team 
You can only see that if you go and turn on and watch us on the YouTube channel. So go, go right. check out on YouTube and you can see all of us. And we'll put... Uh, how good does it really look today? Yeah, how did I look today? No, not really. I'm the only one. Yeah, I look good today in relation to the two sitting next to me only because they've been sick with the flu. So I'm surprised I'm sitting this close to the room to them. But I am loaded up on Tamiflu at this point, even though I don't have the flu, just to prevent it. <laughs> No, they, they both, I'm, surprised, both I'm surprised you're in the building with us. Yeah. German fuzz, you are. Yeah, we, we joked at the beginning of this episode, actually, because, um, you know, Allie looks beautiful every day. It does On her worst day, she looks better than most people on their best day. And so she sits down and, and Danny, our videographer, he's like, wow, you're, you look surprisingly good. Today. Yeah, you look better than we thought you would or something. I was like, oh, thank you. So go check out how we look on YouTube, you guys, if you want to, want to see it. But no, our, you guys want to see some talc makeup on the face? Talc makeup on the face, are you? But I think back at that time, and and they used a lot of these powders, and they had these big puffs, and I can remember clearly in her bathroom, and I mean, I wasn't in there when she put on, I have no idea, but I remember there was powder all like over smoke. the bathroom. Yeah. Like smoke, and so she'd come out and be like, and so I, I would imagine that the inhalation of that back at that time was a lot more than using talc in your makeup that you're going to put on your face. I don't know that for sure, but on a brush, but I, I just, again, think back to that time and how much powder was all over everything. Um, and I, I still have that smell ingrained in my mind, what it smelled like going to my grandma's house. So, um, it, you know, the, and that's when a lot of these lawsuits and things are coming out, but I haven't really heard about it in this makeup trend and the fact that Sephora is just now doing this or, you know, I don't know when they did it, but it, it seems fairly recent. Yeah, within a couple of years. It's, it's interesting. About, yeah. We're doing this now for something that we've kind of known has been a potential problem for a long time. So, all right. This topic has been almost as painful for me as the flu has been for you guys. So I really didn't know a lot about it. Thank you guys for sharing your information. Thank you for bringing it to our attention, Allie. I can't wait to see what you come up for us to talk about next. Uh, hopefully it'll be a little better. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking about makeup because like you guys obviously don't wear like makeup that much. So I feel like when I come... I don't know what we do on the weekend. That's true. I put a little bronzer on both of you before actually, so... But, you know, like to bring a little girly topic every now and then for the girls. No, I love it. And I love the concept because uh, we hear these topics all the time and, I, you know, about people talking about what's clean, what's organic, what's better. So, no, I really do appreciate you bringing it uh, to our attention. I'm glad we got the chance to talk about it. I hope you guys um, all learned a little bit from this episode. Tune in again next week for another episode of Beauty and the Brain. See you soon. Bye.